Turn your Bibles to uh, the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 16. <clears throat> Matthew 16. And as you're turning there, just one question this morning. Trivia. Who was the greatest investor in the Bible? The greatest investor. Pharaoh's daughter. She went down to the bank of the Nile and she withdrew a prophet. See, you got to think about that one. Pharaoh's daughter went down to the bank of the Nile, and she withdrew a prophet. I'll explain to you later, Charlie, I know. Amen. This morning, I want us to, to really think about the greatest organization that has ever been formed on the face of this planet. That is the church. Amen. The church is the greatest organization that has ever been formed in history. On the face of this planet. And the passage we're going to look at here in, in Matthew 16 takes place uh, about six months before Jesus' crucifixion. And during Jesus' earthly ministry, uh, he was teaching his disciples. He was, he was discipling the apostles. And he'd been developing their faith to bring them to this point that we're going to read here in Matthew 16. This critical point, this critical moment... This was going to be their final exam, so to speak. So let's pick up in Matthew 16, skip down to verse 13. When Jesus came into the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, saying, Who do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? So they said, Some say John the Baptist, some Elijah, and others Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. But then Jesus said to them, But who do you say that I am? Simon Peter answered and said, You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. Jesus answered and said to him, Blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. And I also say to, say to you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. So this morning my goal is for us to, to truly understand the church. And when we do, we will know exactly why. Jesus boldly said that the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Amen? So when we think about the church, when the Bible speaks of the church in the New Testament, it's not speaking of a building. You know, where we are gathered here this morning, this is the church house, but it's not the church. Amen? It's just a building. This is the church house. When we're talking about the church... We're talking about the body of spiritual believers. It's the body of Christ, the body of spiritual believers. You and I and every born-again believer, we are the church. Amen? We have to understand that. So this morning, first thing I want us to see, let's start with the, let's start with the cornerstone of the church. 
the cornerstone. Look at verse 18. Jesus, he said, and I also say to you that you are Peter. And on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. The most important part of a structure, the most important part of a building is its foundation. Amen? And the most important part of the foundation is the cornerstone, especially older buildings. You know, they were built brick upon brick, stone upon stone. And the most important part of that foundation was that cornerstone. Amen? So this spiritual building, the church, again, it's not talking about the physical building. We're talking about the spiritual building, the spiritual body of Christ. This spiritual building has a spiritual foundation. Amen? A spiritual building has to have a spiritual foundation. Now, I want to clarify something about this, this verse, verse 18. This happens to be one of the most misinterpreted verses in all of Scripture. And uh, some falsely claim that, that this, this verse is saying that, that Jesus was saying that his church is built upon Peter. I want us to understand and know that that is not what Jesus was saying here. We have to look at the, uh, uh, the, the original Greek that, to understand exactly what Jesus was saying. In the original Greek, Jesus said, you are Peter. The word Peter in the original Greek is the Greek word petros, P-E-T-R-O-S, petros. And it means a rock. Jesus is saying to Peter, look, you are a rock. And he's saying that based on, G, on his declaration in verse 16. Jesus asked him, who, 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 you know, who, who am I? Who are the people saying that I am? And he, you know, you're, you're one of the prophets. You're Isaiah. You're, you're Jeremiah. You're, you know, all these different answers. Then Jesus said, doesn't matter what they're saying. What's important is, who do you say that I am? And there was only one that spoke up, and who was it? Peter. And Peter said, he said, you are the Christ, Messiah. You are the son of the living God. And what did Jesus say to him? He said, blessed are you. He said, for flesh and blood didn't give you that answer. Who gave him his answer? God. That was a spiritual answer, and it took a spiritual God to give him that spiritual wisdom. So Jesus was looking at Peter, and he's saying, you are now a Petros. You are a rock. Because of your declaration of who I am. Amen? You are Petros. You are a rock. He's letting Peter know that he will become a vital foundation to his church that he's building. Peter was one of those foundation stones of the early church. And we're going we're to talk about that a little bit later. But then Jesus also adds... He says, upon this rock. So he calls Peter a rock, but then he says, upon this rock. It's a different rock. That word rock is from the Greek word meaning petra, P-E-T-R-A. He said, upon this rock, I will build my church, upon petra. Petros means a rock like a boulder, but petra means a strata of rock, a mountain of rock. He said, in, upon Petra, I will build my church. It's speaking of a solid and sure foundation. This is the rock that Jesus has built his church upon. Amen? Petra. So 
verse 18, we need to understand, is in context referring to verse 16. Jesus in verse 18 is confirming Peter's declaration of who Christ is. Who do you say that I am? You are Christ. You are the Messiah. You are the promised Messiah from the Old Testament. You are the son of the living God. Jesus is that solid rock. He is that sure foundation. He is the cornerstone on which he has built his church. Amen. We see this prophesied all the way back in the book of Isaiah. Look at Isaiah 28, 16. Therefore, thus says the Lord God, Behold, I lay in Zion a stone for a foundation, a tried stone, a precious cornerstone, a sure foundation. Whoever believes will not act hastily. As Jesus predicted, Peter would also come to understand exactly what he was saying. After Jesus' crucifixion and ascension in in the book of Acts, chapter 4, listen to what Peter says starting in verse 8. Then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, Rulers of the people and elders of Israel, if we this day are judged for a good deed done to a helpless man, by what means he has been made well, let it be known to you all, And to all the people of Israel, that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, whom God raised from the dead, by him this man stands uh, here before you whole. This is the stone which was rejected by you builders, which has become the chief cornerstone. That was Peter preaching after Christ's resurrection. Then he sums it up in uh, 1 Peter chapter 2. His first letter. Skipping down to verse 6. Therefore it is also contained in the scripture, Behold, I lay in Zion a chief cornerstone, elect, precious. And he who believes on him will by no means be put to shame. Therefore to you who believe, he is precious. But to those who are disobedient, the stone which the builders rejected has become the chief cornerstone. Jesus said, Peter, you are a rock. You're going to be a rock. You're going to be the foundation in establishing our church. And Peter came to that wisdom and to that knowledge as we see here. So what we need to understand is that Peter nor any other sinful man could ever build, or or, or Jesus could ever build his church upon. Amen? The spiritual church could never be built upon any sinful man whatsoever. It has to have a spiritual foundation. And we see why in Matthew 16, verse 21. From that time, Jesus began to show to his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things from the elders and the chief priests and the scribes and be killed and be raised the third day. Now, this is a, a conversation after, right after Jesus uh, had that, gave his disciples that, that final, final exam, so to speak. 
Then Peter took Jesus aside, and he began to rebuke him, saying, Far be it from you, Lord, this shall not happen to you. But Jesus uh, turned and he said to Peter, Get behind me, Satan. You are an offense to me, for you are not mindful of the things of God, but the things of man. Jesus had to rebuke Peter. Peter was yet a sinful man, still in the flesh. His church could never be built upon a sinful man. Only the perfect and pure Son of Man, Jesus Christ, could be the cornerstone of his church. Amen? So next I want us to consider the creation of the church. The creation. Now that we understand the cornerstone, we see that Christ is the cornerstone. Let's talk about the creation. Going back to our original text, back to verse 18. Again, Jesus said to you, uh, I also say to you that you are Peter. And on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. I'm going to confess something, something here. As a pastor, this is one of the greatest verses and a blessing to every single pastor. Not just myself, but to every pastor that stands in the pulpit. And I'm going to tell you why. Jesus did not call me into the ministry and say, you have to build my church. Amen? That is a blessing. That is uh, more than any pastor could ever burden. Listen to what Jesus said. He said, upon this rock, I will build my church. Amen? Did you catch that? Jesus said, I myself will build my church. Flesh and blood cannot build a spiritual church, especially the spiritual church of Jesus Christ. We need to understand that the church is not a building. It's not physical. In fact, the word church comes from the Greek word uh, ekklesia. Um, and that's really formed from two words. The word ek in Greek means out of, and the word uh, kalo means to call. And when you put those two words together, church literally means the called out ones. Amen? The called out ones. We are the assembly of called out people. We have been called out of this world, really out from this world. We're not called out of this world yet. That's coming. We've been called out from this world, and we've been washed in the blood of Jesus Christ. Amen? Church. The called out ones. That's what it literally means. Now let me make a sobering statement here. There are many churches that have a name on their member role. But that person is not a member of the spiritual church. Amen. They are in the church's book, but not in the Lamb's book. Church membership does not make you a member into the spiritual church. Amen? They've not been saved. They've not been born again. So how are people added to the spiritual church? Remember, church means called out ones. So people are added to the spiritual church. They are called out of the world and into the body of Christ. Now the question is, who does the calling? 
Me and you? Nope. We invite people into the church house. Amen? That's our calling. Our calling is to bring people into the church house. But when we're talking about the spiritual church, it is God himself who does the calling. God draws us unto Christ through the power of his Holy Spirit. And then once we obey his calling, once we receive Jesus Christ as our Lord and our Savior, then we become a member of that spiritual church. Amen? That spiritual body of believers. Jesus said, upon this rock, that I am Christ, that I am the Messiah, I am the Son of the living God, he said, I will build my church. And he is the one who's doing the calling and drawing us to himself, building his church. Amen? So that's the creation of the church. Next, I want us to consider that, that closeness, that companionship within the church. So the Bible refers to the churches as a couple different titles. We're called the body of Christ in certain spots of the Bible. The church is known as the body of Christ. You, me, and, and every other person who's saved, we are part of the body of Jesus Christ. I belong to you. You belong to me. And together we all belong to Jesus Christ himself. Amen? That's what he's talking about as the body of Christ. We belong to one another, and ultimately, we all belong to him. And this beautiful bond, Jesus calls his church. Amen? Jesus and his church are not identical. We need to understand that. But we are inseparable. Amen? We're not identical to Christ yet, but we are inseparable from Christ. The church is a spiritual building. Jesus is the cornerstone. He is that, that sure foundation. We are those spiritual building blocks upon him. The church is also called a spiritual body, a spiritual body. Jesus is the head of that body, and we are the members of the body. We are his arms, his legs, his feet, his eyes, his mouth, amen? We're the hands in this world. We are his body in this world. The church is also called the spiritual bride of Christ. We are the bride of Christ. Jesus is the bridegroom, and we are his bride married to him for how long? Forever. Marriage lasts for how long on this side of eternity? Till what? Till death? Do us part. Well, Jesus overcame death. He's never going to die. So guess what? We are married to him for eternity, forever. Amen? So let me, let me tie all this together. So as a spiritual building block, we rest upon each other. Amen? Each block supporting one another. One block upon the other. Each one supporting one another. What is it that holds us together? What holds us together is the mortar of love. Amen? The mortar of love. Jesus said that is the banner of every Christian, of every true born-again believer. He said, you will know my people, my children, because why? They love one another. 
This is what sets us apart in this world. So what holds us together is that mortar of love. Each block, each one of us, we have some rough edges, don't we, right? Amen? We all have rough edges. We all have imperfections. Don't tell my wife, though. But that mortar of love fills in all those gaps. Amen. It looks past all of our shortcomings. It looks past all of our imperfections. And despite those imperfections, we still hold one another up. We encourage one another. We lift one another up. We're held together by that that close bond of love. It's the love of Jesus Christ that was shed abroad in our hearts the moment we received him as Lord and Savior. You know, on our own, just one block, right? A lot of blockheads out there, one block. On our own, we're not much, are we? Nothing special. But you put us all together, we become a mighty, unstoppable church in Jesus Christ. Amen. Held together by his love. Now, as a spiritual body, the Bible makes it very clear that Jesus is the head and we are the members of the body. Again, we're the arms, the legs, the hands, the feet, the eyes, the ears, those active pieces, those active parts of the body in this world. Now, each body part functions independently, doesn't it? I can wiggle my finger by itself, but I don't have to wiggle my ears at the same time. Each body part works independently, but they all must work together and function together and obey and follow, be controlled by the what? The head. Amen? We all work independently for the kingdom, but we all must follow the guide of the head. Amen? We all must obey the guide of the head. We work independently, but we work together in unison. We must be all in one accord with the same vision. This is that closeness, that close companionship of the church. Then the Bible also speaks of us as the spiritual bride. Jesus, our bridegroom, we are his bride in whom he loves dearly. Amen? He loves dearly. Now, over the years, as you, you, know, you witness to people, you talk to people, you hear people say a lot of things. You know, I've heard people say, you know, I invite them to church and they say, you know, I, I love Jesus, but I just hate the church. Listen, that's just like you coming up to me and saying, Pastor, I love you, but I hate your wife. Amen. It's the same exact thing. That wouldn't go over too good, would it? Amen. You know, that's exactly what they're saying. The church is Jesus' bride, and he loves them very much. Amen? Listen, I'm a, I'm a peace-loving man myself, but if you lay a hand on my wife, guess what? There's going to be a price to pay. Amen? Jesus is saying the same thing about his wife. That's my bride, and I love her dearly. 
This is that sweet fellowship. This is that, that closeness, that close companionship that we have in Jesus Christ. Amen. We are his bride. He loves us dearly. We are his loving bride. We are his precious body. We are his mighty church. Amen.